1: For everything Buccaneers, it, 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 it's Jolly Rogers and Touchdowns. Now, here's your hosts, Casey Hudson and Kaylee Myzel.
0: Good morning, football fans. Welcome to Jolly Rogers and Touchdowns, an Odyssey original podcast that brings you all Tampa Bay Bucks insight and entertainment three times a week. That's right, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So be sure to conveniently download that Odyssey app. Hit that auto download button after you search Jolly Rogers and Touchdowns so that you have all brand new episodes just sitting there waiting for you to listen whenever you're ready. And we'll do you one better. You can also stream Jolly Rogers and Touchdowns on any of your favorite streaming platforms. So be sure to share it with all of your football friends and all Tampa Bay Bucks fans. Guys, I am Casey Hudson, joined by my co host Kaylee Mizell. And it is time for us to sail into a new episode maybe with a little less emotion, but a lot of information after that devastating overtime loss on Sunday, you guys heard Kaylee and I air our grievances and I feel like we were on the, we had the right to do so. Right. Kaylee. This is, this is therapy. Sometimes
1: a hundred percent. I mean, look at Twitter, like fans felt the (laughs) same way, if not worse. Oh, Um, a hundred percent. I think that there's, there's a lot of questions and Casey, you know, a lot of times when we get into treasure takeaways, there's there's there is some treasure to find. I don't know how much treasure. It feels like fool's gold today, yeah. um, <laughs> but I think that we were certainly uh, allowed to and in the right to to air out some some frustrations, some question marks um, yes. on this team, especially considering where they're at in this season, headed into week thirteen. This is not this is not week six. Nope. This is week eight. We're not at the beginning of the season anymore. This is the tail end of the season. You've played more games than you have left. Mm-hmm. And it's still not clicking in, in the way that we know that it can and we know the way that it should. So, yeah, I think that, uh, you know, we got some feedback and, and people said, you know, you guys are right. This is uh, this is frustrating. There are some frustrating things that are going on here. Um, and And I think that, again, it's fair for us to do. Um, but Casey, before we get too far in, uh, we got a few, not many, but a few little team updates. Should we go through those really yes, quick?
0: Of course. The biggest one was the scare of offensive lineman, Tristan worse going mm-hmm. down in overtime. And I know that. I'm pretty sure that's what really set fans over the edge because there should have never been an overtime, but we won't get there yet. Um, With that said that it looked worse than it was, which is the good news. A lot of people were extremely concerned that Tristan Worfs had actually broken his leg and it seems Mm -hmm. like he has a a sprained ankle. It's going to keep him out for the next three to four weeks. So what could have been season ending is roughly around a month. We know how much Tristan Worfs loves this team and obviously what a key asset he is to this offensive line. So, to find the bright spot, it's not as severe as it looked, and he won't be out as long. Um, the tough news, obviously, being that this offensive line is taking another little beating here and we um, will be without somebody who's so crucial for what's going to be in a rough stretch, especially after what we saw on Sunday versus the Browns.
1: Yeah. And for those doctors out there, if you're like wanting a few more details, no surgery is expected, Mm -hmm. um, but there is some ligament damage. And so that's why he's going to be out for that three to four weeks, just to make sure that um, all those ligaments within that foot and ankle do heal. um, And like Casey said, good news for the bucks, but, but you're right, Casey, it's, this is just, I mean, literally from day two of training camp until now, this offensive line has just taken hit after hit. Um, hopefully Ryan Jensen will start to see him um, as... Yeah, a
0: conversation
1: about him. I
0: mean, yeah, I think that's their frustration.
1: Hopefully we'll start to see a little bit more of him at practice. Like I said, my expectation is that we'll start to see him around a little bit more. And then maybe we'll see him in pads mm-hmm. mid-late December. Hopefully, yeah. Um, doing some things and then, you know, maybe getting back into the mix in, in late December, early January, but we'll see. We'll see. Maybe it'll be a Christmas present. Maybe it'll be a Christmas miracle. Ryan Jensen. Yeah. it
0: would be great. It would be great. I'd be a fan. How, how fitting is that big red during the holiday? That's all about red and green. That would be fun. That would be fun. I don't know. I'm just saying that <laughs> if he shows up dressed as on Santa well, on be Day. fantastic.
1: exactly, exactly. Yeah. Uh, our, our producers is giving us some pretty good updates right, right here as well. Wurfs is actually the fourth highest graded offensive lineman in the mm-hmm. NFL this season, according to Pro Football Focus. So having him out for three or four weeks, again, it's like good news and bad news, right? Like yeah. great that it's not longer. But Mm -hmm. like, dang, yeah, this is already an offense that is the last things they needed. Yeah, this is already an offense that is struggling. This is already there's already so many things that are not clicking that we're going to get into Casey. And so then having the fourth highest graded offensive lineman Mm -hmm. go down for three to four weeks whenever you're facing off, Mm -hmm. you know, against. The 49ers the Bengals, the you know like some of these teams that are gonna be smothering making their own playoff runs right now and like pushes yep it's not it's not good it's
0: not a good sign
1: um yeah.
0: and as you said Kaylee um that's one of many non-good signs we have going on in this team update and as you guys know Jolly roger and touchdown fans typically this is the point where Kaylee and i give you a rundown through the injury report but You know, we don't have one yet. The first practice of the week has not fully taken place. So what we do have for you, unfortunately, fans, is potentially a little bit more frustration. But we're here to give updates and insight. And a lot of fans took to Twitter yesterday to express their, uh, I guess, disappointment would be the right word, Kaylee. Their disappointment in a press conference with head coach Todd Bowles uh, discussing some of the questionable play calling Uh, in Sunday's game versus the Browns and what could have what was hoped to be, you know, a press conference where some answers came to light. It felt like a press conference where there was an extreme lack of accountability. And Kaylee and I just sat here raving about glimmers of accountability that started to show on this team to just take a complete step backwards. Kaylee, what were your thoughts on this presser and probably fans' reactions to it because at this point, it's it's just the fact that fans keep showing up for this team and then they have to take to Twitter to, to feel heard and have, you know, all the toughness kind of aired.
1: Yeah, I think so um, to kind of like explicitly say what, what Casey's talking about, mm-hmm. Todd Bowles had his press conference yesterday as he does on Mondays. And when asked about time management and clock management, why he took timeouts when he did, um, there was possibility for them to take a timeout and potentially e- avoid overtime at all. Like they could have yeah. won the game in regulation again. They were up a touchdown, Casey. Yeah,
0: with a minute to play, and um and we know what those timeouts also do besides allowing teams to collect themselves and strategize. It's also Mm -hmm. a mental warfare situation, you know, so they could have gotten in the Brown's head who was feeling so hot and high on themselves and giving themselves an edge. It's just like you had so many timeouts. I know everybody's like, why not just use one, but to your point, Kaylee, and and you explaining specifically what happened.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, so if, um, if we remember, um, Tom Brady has only – first of all, I feel like we need some context to this. Tom Brady has only thrown two interceptions um, this season. Mm -hmm. He is at a .04 interception percentage. It is literally the best of his career. He's not having his best performance this year. But in terms of interceptions – Protecting the ball? He he is. He Mm -hmm. really is. So when asked about, like, how things were going – so Tom throws a screen pass to Rashad white. They only get one yard after that Brady just threw this, like chef's kiss, gorgeous pass to Julio Jones between three defenders. It's like something that only Tom Brady could do. Yeah, It was a 26 yard pass. Um, and then Bowles finally used a timeout, but there was only eight seconds left in regulation when asked about the timeout usage and using it offensively instead of on the previous drive mm-hmm. def- defensively against the Browns, Todd Bowles had a really interesting answer. He said he kind of dismissed like why he used it, you just know, why he didn't much. use it on, on defense at all and mm-hmm. just kind of went in on the Tom Brady pass to Julio Jones and said, Well, it could have been an interception, (laughs) which is just like which, like I just feel like that's a you clearly don't have trust within your quarterback within your your veteran
0: veteran go quarterback
1: all the names. How are you going to stand up in front of a room full of media? That is brought. It's broadcasting live on Twitter in multiple places, and okay. you're really gonna say, "Well, Tom Brady could have thrown an interception," and it's like, "Yeah, and the the sky could freaking fall, and pigs could fly, and like how he's right. over two Todd Bowls." There's a lot of <laughs> what ifs that could have happened, but a you didn't answer the question. B mm-hmm. In the way that you tried to answer the question, you just threw your
0: quarterback under the bus. You
1: deflated your quarterback. And I mean, he probably didn't take it personally because I think Tom Brady is confident in himself. Mm -hmm. But Tom, he goes on to explain, he said, Well, if we didn't get the yards on the first play, then we would call a timeout. Well, Casey, that doesn't make sense to me because you didn't get yards on the first play and you didn't call a timeout.
0: And just you just, just for after exaggeration, Kaylee, what was the score in this moment that he is that he is um, going off course to? The score at this moment is still them up by a touchdown, correct? No, this is no. after. Right? This is after. Oh my gosh! It just bowls, bowls, bulls, 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 bowls. Bye. So
1: it just doesn't make sense. And let me just, I'm, that's a really great question, Casey. I'm just going to like quickly double check that. But the way that this is playing out, the way that he answered the question, Mm -hmm. it it makes me believe that this was after because I think the question was, why didn't you use those timeouts? Like, why did you use them on offense versus on defense? Like, it doesn't make very much sense. You could have used them. On defense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Right here. So after, after they tied the game, after the Browns tied the game, 17, yes. 17, the Bucks got the ball back. And if you remember, there was a quick pass. They were at their own 25. There was a quick pass to Rashad white, a yes. screener one yard. Then there was a deep pass to Julio Jones. Then they took a timeout during the previous drive. During the Browns' previous drive, where they scored a touchdown, there were no timeouts taken. Right. Okay. Zero. Now I'm on the so same that's so that's the question. Like, why would you have taken a time? Why take an offensive? Like, you're you're a defensive-minded coach. Mm-hmm. You should have prepared this team to win the game defensively taking timeouts in the right spot to prepare your defense to slow down their offense, because yeah, they did start gaining some momentum, right? Like it's the last drive for them of the game after they're, you know, 28 yards from Nick Chubb. Why -hmm. not take a timeout there? Why not take a timeout after Brissett's incomplete pass? It's you're about to be at third and nine at yep. your own 11, like they're, it's there at your own 11, why not take a timeout there? And then, and then that's right before the Njoku pass. Mm-hmm. Right? Um. So it, it just doesn't make sense. It just doesn't make sense why a defensive minded coach wouldn't put his defense in the best position possible. Yep. To win the game. You were up a touchdown. All you had to do was stop the team. All you had to do was stop them. Yep. And taking time out strategically is going to put you in the best place yes. to stop them. You can deflate the other team. What did you do? Well, you deflated your own team because, A, you basically told your defense, I don't have faith in you. I have more faith in the offense in the moment. You what- didn't have faith in anybody because – that like In the moment by not taking any timeouts, you're basically saying like, okay, defense, I'm basically planning on you giving up this touchdown and, and hopefully Tom can do his thing. And then, exactly. after the, and then after the fact you switch it up, it's like, it's very wishy-washy because after the fact you're saying, oh, well, it could have been an interception. And then you're doubling down and saying, well, we were going to take a timeout after the first play if we mm-hmm. didn't get any yards. Well, you didn't, but you didn't take a timeout then. <laughs> and then you put the timeout after you did get yards. It just doesn't make any sense. Like, also, why would you need a timeout then? They're moving the chains.
0: You have a little That's bit of I time. That's what I was going to ask. Like, call me crazy. But if anything, you hurt your own team by doing that. Because whenever this team, especially offensively, finds any string of momentum, why would you Why would you interrupt that? It makes no sense, Casey. And you it's- don't have a one- or two-year quarterback in the pocket. Leave the field be, leave the momentum where it's at, but you're going to call a timeout at that moment after a connection such as Tom Brady to Julio Jones, and then have no, no adequate response after the fact, the deflection is just, it's paralyzing because we can sit here all day and wonder (laughs) how did you, how did you come to the podium and decide this was going to be the response and the angle today. And I'm gonna make it make sense. If there's one thing we ask for here on Jolly Rogers and touchdowns, it's to make it make sense and none yeah. of it makes sense.
1: It doesn't, and then he just he just, Casey, he just keeps doubling down. Mm-hmm. So then he goes on and he's like, well, if he would have thrown a pick and then the ball went the other way and they would have kicked a field goal, then we would have lost and we felt better better going into overtime. So that's why I didn't do it. And it's like, Oh my
0: goodness. No, and then
1: somebody, somebody asked him, do you really think that that pass could have been intercepted? And bowls responds. It could have been, it was a risky throw, but he got it in there. Another contradictory statement. It's just like, he, t- he literally, instead of actually taking responsibility for himself and saying, I made a bad call as a head coach. Right. What he said was, well, our, our quarterback could have thrown a pick. And so we were going to take a timeout here, but then we didn't take a timeout here. And then we ended up taking a timeout here because we didn't want them to potentially, you know, get a field goal. And we felt better going into Mm -hmm. overtime and it's like, you felt better going into overtime against the team who you just let score on you in the last minute of the game Mm -hmm. at their own home field
0: on a terrible field, by the way. So let's just throw that in the mix because you mentioned weather. Then there was also that field condition was abysmal. That field was gross. If you guys saw this circle. Yeah. Yeah. So somebody took you're already having your players in bad conditions and you want to go into overtime? Yeah. Somebody took their
1: truck, Casey. I I meant to mention this on our last podcast because this is actually pretty funny. Somebody took (laughs) their truck, drove it onto the – I don't know how they got past security, but they, like, drove their truck onto the field, and they were doing donuts on the Browns field. So if you, like, were able to see the, you know, the entire field, you would see, like, little circles because they were – but yeah, there know. were like donut. Disney, yeah, there
0: was like brown, which you shouldn't see on a football field that's freshly no. prepared for a team to take action. So. In addition to that, this is also
1: something that was kind of funny that I meant to mention. Only in Cleveland for real. I meant to. Well, maybe I'll save this for my. Uh, I don't know. It's it's just kind of funny. It's the Casey. The stinkiest part of the game on Sunday was not actually the Bucks. Did you oh, realize boy. That? No, and I'm terrified as to what you're about to say. <laughs> there was a skunk that they found in the stadium that had, like, sprayed everywhere. Oh, my God. And it was, Ew. like, stinking everything up. And I don't know if it was, like, down by one of the locker rooms, but it was definitely, like, on Ew. the ground level. Um, But, yeah, somehow a skunk got in the stadium and then, like, sprayed – and so, yeah. So, uh, fans, you might have thought the Bucks were the
0: stinkiest thing out there. No, they weren't. That's hideous. That it is was, hideous. It was the skunk. I cannot believe that. I did not know this. And I'm glad I didn't know that in the moment because I'm clearly at a loss for words. Because Cleveland, what's wrong? <laughs> what is happening? Aside from them pulling off a win, that's a, that's, that's, I don't want to be aggressive about it, but only in Cleveland, as our producer uh, has mentioned. That's just gross. <laughs> you have I guys doing donuts, tearing up the field. That's already so bad. You've got these way- this, these unfortunate weather conditions between like the misting rain that decided yeah. to come and go throughout the whole game on that garbage field. Then you've got a skunk to add to it. Oh, gross. Yeah, it's just not ideal. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Oh, heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring.
1: Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always
0: wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales event, where you can get great deals on all of our award winning Hyundai. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603
1: for details. Casey, I know we're like technically in team updates, but I actually do feel like that this is more of a treasure takeaway because what we talked about on Sunday was the miscommunication, the drop in communication. I I brought up a point that, that you had really liked, and it was that it doesn't seem like this front office is communicating with this coaching staff. And I will say further that in addition to to those two, you know, entities not being on the same page, it does not seem like this coaching staff is communicating with the players Um, and those two entities, the coaching staff and the players not on the same page. I don't understand how you have a coaching staff, how you have a head coach that is instead of taking the responsibility of clock management, which is literally your job to take timeouts when you should take timeouts instead of handling that like a mature adult and, and taking responsibility for your own self and your own job description for you to put that on someone else is, and I don't mean this in, I, I have respect for Todd Bowles, but that's a weak move. That's really unique to me. Um, and I don't, I don't like that coming from a head coach and it just makes me, it just makes it so glaring that there is a communication breakdown. And again, that's not what you want to see in week 13. The fact that we're seeing this communication break, we saw, we're seeing it in the game, and now we're seeing it outside of the game and press conferences as well. So, I think in terms of like what one of my first treasure takeaways is is that that's it. There yeah. is a communication breakdown that has to get fixed. I'm I'm like I know that the the the, the Bucks are leading the NFC South which is insane to me, but I'm I also surprised. I'm also surprised that everyone still has their job. Yeah. To be honest, like at this point, I'm very surprised that everyone still, that there has not been any type of accountability taken in terms of jobs lost on this team.
0: I think that that's a huge takeaway, Kaylee, because at this point we've expressed and, and talked so much about the frustration, not only in fans, but just in general with anyone watching this team right now. And there's nothing worse than not feeling like a solution's not around the corner. And now I feel like that's the point that we've hit. It doesn't feel like there's a solution around the corner. It feels like bulls is going to protect left, which left, is going to protect bulls and they're just going to ride out what they've already committed to and what's already in motion. And that's unfortunate when you've got, you know, Panthers coaches getting fired and Arizona's head coach was on the chopping block there for a second. And there's movement happening. Um, Colts coach getting fired and bringing in Jeff Saturday. Like you've got movement to put this team in the best position. And while I know it's been the Tom Brady show and I, while I know that that has its frustrations as well, you have Tom Brady contractually for one more season, the season that you're currently in your record does not reflect anything of promise. Why are Mm -hmm. you not doing everything possible to To not only help a quarterback who deserves to go out on a better note, but to help a team be set up for success to come in the future. We've talked about it numerous times here on Jolly Rogers and touchdowns, the big picture. So that kind of goes back to those younger players who are on those three and four year contracts who are going to be the face of your team, who are going to be the people that you're relying on down the stretch here to have better records. It starts in the front office and with the coaching staff, as you so perfectly mentioned, Kaylee. It starts with what do we do now to make sure that next year succeeds and then we can build in the in-between and then we're not outpouring our capital or making these huge, exaggerating, detrimental moves to maybe move the the, the marker one inch. They're not helping themselves at all. No. his disappointment is seeing that they made no adjustments to to ride off of that Seahawks high because – we didn't see the team that played the Seahawks on Sunday. We didn't even see the team that played the Rams on Sunday.
1: No, no we didn't. And I think to further prove my point, which it's like I'm I I I feel like on f- Sunday I was fired up and frustrated. Today it feels more like the the depressed part of. Yeah, the sadness yeah. has officially kicked in. Yeah, you're just like oh, this is so frustrating because the more you get, the the deeper you get into it, you realize how bad it actually is. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like an infection, you know, and it's like at first you just see like a little red mark and then you're like, oh, okay, it might be okay. And then as you get deeper, it's like, oh no, this is an infection. This is something we're going to have to clean this out. This is something that needs to be taken care of. So to continue on, on, on just the lack of communication, the lack of trust, in my opinion, it's lack of trust. Although big time that's it. Well, uh, might as well just get to it. So they were Todd Bowles was asked specifically about the offense and specifically like, well, why did you punt it on fourth down Mm -hmm. from the Browns 37 yard line instead of going for a field goal, which Oh, my God. Let you win the game, right? You would have been up. Yeah. Do you trust your offense? Are you purposefully playing conservatively? All, you know, that's kind of the line of questioning, right? Mm -hmm. Todd Bowles answers. I don't think we played conservatively at all. Oh, my gosh. He said, you know, you can say um, in hindsight about this game, but I don't think about those things. In the moment, you make the best decision based on everything that's going on. We had not been moving the football. We had nine three and outs. So it would have been wise to try to call that one. I made it. I can live with it. And I'm okay with it. And I think that's the thing that I don't necessarily like. I get within sports, you don't necessarily want to like have regret. But at the same time, I think it's valuable to ask yourself the question. Yeah. Yeah did I really
0: exactly. put this
1: team in the best possible position to win? Right. Or do I, as a coach, as a human, do I need to make adjustments? Do mm-hmm. I need to change something about the way that I'm doing things? And I don't see Todd Bowles asking himself those questions. I see him doubling down on whatever decision that he decided to make.
0: Yeah. Um, well, I think that, it's a, it's a form of confidence, but what he's not realizing is that we're seeing such insecurity in every other level of this decision-making that speaks louder than the confident performance he's trying to put on. Yeah. It's just, that's the biggest and Kaylee, how too close to home does this feel when the conversation first struck up about the maybe considering letting go of Byron left, and he was like, we're not making any changes. We're not making any changes. We're not making any changes. We're putting everything on the table. Yeah. What to put on the table? Yeah. I didn't didn't just come. Yeah. Yeah. He looks so indecisive. And all of that is a reflection of not being like, not being confident in what you're doing, the decisions you're making, and the control you have over this team. I haven't seen a confident Todd Bowles this season. No, I don't. I, and
1: I, And I don't want that for him. I wanted, Mm -hmm. I want him to be successful.
0: Yeah. I was excited about
1: it. I want him to be the guy and I, I'm not, uh, don't sit here and listen and say Kaylee's calling for his job. I'm not, but Mm -hmm. I am asking the question because I think it needs to be asked Casey. It's our job to ask these questions. And my question is, is he actually the right guy for this job? Is he the guy, I don't see accountability in him. I don't see responsibility in him. I don't see communication from him to the players. I don't see confidence yeah. in their dynamics, in their relationship. I know that there were, there were things about Bruce Arians that that not everybody loved, but I can say these things about him for certain. He took responsibility. He held his team accountable, and he lifted up those
0: around him. Mm-hmm. I
1: I haven't seen that as much. Yeah, Bulls. Coach
0: Bowles might just be a little too reserved for this roster, um, and that kind of coaching. It's all I mean. Teams as a whole, from top to bottom, it's all about the right system, the right players, the right roster, the right time. We've seen players who don't have careers in one you know one town and go and flourish and take off in another, and I think that 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 stands for Coach Bowles as well. Uh, with this bunch, with the veteran presence on this team, you might not be able to be a reserved coach. You might not be able to be a, you know, more passive conversationalist. You might have to be a Bruce Arians who gets in their face and wakes them up and lets them know. You might be forty something years old, but I've been in this game longer. Like there's different, there's different dynamics that are easier to respond to, and I'm just not seeing that dynamic between, you know, Coach Bowles and the team. Every time he steps to that podium and he's asked a, a pretty great question in terms of how and why it's and somebody I saw it on Twitter. I don't recall who it was. <clears throat> Excuse me. Because somebody was like, oh, he's just being loyal to left, which I'm not seeing loyalty per se in anything. I'm just seeing a let's not dive any deeper than the surface here. They're just keeping it so surface level. And when you do that, you retain the lack of, of of accountability. And we said this weeks ago when we were questioning the leadership on this team about things starting from the head. But the head may have started way further than the captains of this team. And I think we're seeing that now. Yeah.
1: No, I think we are. I think we are. And and I think you and I talked about this, Casey, whenever it came to, you know, Luke Geteke. Mm-hmm. I don't think – I think there's a difference between loyalty and being loyal to someone and setting someone up for success. And Mm -hmm. the thing is, is if you put someone in a position where they're not going to be successful and you keep trying to do it and you keep trying to make something work but it's not working – what you're actually doing is you're making everyone else question that person. Yeah. You're making everyone else think, well, Luke get He's never going to be a whatever, whatever,
0: you yeah. know,
1: and you're potentially also doing that, that. And that's why you and I advocated and said, you need to give this kid a little bit of a break. You need to like, yep. let him sit, let him adjust, let him take the off season, let him get himself right and ready and then when he is, let him come back and actually shine because he can shine, but he was not put in a position this year to shine. Yeah. Those are two very different things. And I think something similar could be happening with, with, with left, Witch, where it's like, maybe he could be, you know, really, really good at this, but it's just not working right now. It's just no. not working and staying loyal to him over like it could, I mean, at the end of the day, it could cost you your job. It might, Mm -hmm. it might very well cost you your job. If you, if that's the price that you want to pay for loyalty and for like this quote unquote loyalty, because again, like I, if you're not setting someone up for success, if someone is not in the position where they're actually able to, to come in and show them and actually shine, Mm -hmm then like you're not, what are you being loyal to? Because you're not really helping them. You're making people question their future. You're making people question their abilities and talent, and
0: that's actually not loyalty at all, in my opinion. No, that's, at that point, it not. almost feels like a shield, or you know, a not a deflection, but a smokescreen. You know, mm-hmm. the conversation has been cut by and loose for weeks now. But what if, what if the reality of the situation is that? is not the the is not the answer for this Bucks team or for this organization as a head coach. I loved him as a DC, but maybe it's not a fit as a head coach. And you're not going to see that with a smokescreen of a conversation constantly being Byron Lefwich. So there's just so many factors that play into this here. And you guys know Kaylee and I are not about speculation. We're just here oh. to throw out you know the conversations and, and whatnot, but it I is was our like job to local. talk about
1: this. Yeah, yeah. it's our job mm-hmm. to 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 have honest conversations and say, is this right for the team? Is this right. what's best for the team? And you know, at a certain point in time, we yeah, I think we also give our opinions on that. Mm-hmm. Before we move on to power rankings, Casey, Tom Brady, we saw a little bit of the opposite from what we saw from <laughs> Coach Bowles. Coach Bowles on his on his let's go podcast, Tom Brady actually, you know, he he said, you know, it feels like the soul getting ripped out of you when you lose. And uh, frankly, I think that that's how a lot of Bucks fans feel this season because you have yeah. high expectations. and it is it's it's hard. I mean, sports is a place where people come together to escape, to enjoy themselves, to, you know, have this, have this release of pressure and weight and, you know, the reality of the real world and, and all of these things. And it's something that you can band together. It doesn't matter who you vote for, who, you know, what color you, it doesn't, none of those things matter. You're a team, you're coming together and you're rooting on this thing. It's a beautiful thing. It's why I love Mm -hmm. sports. And then for, for a fan base to have such high expectations, oh, it does. I think that this these fans would say it kind of feels like their soul is getting ripped out too. Um, yep. How this season has gone and how it was expected to go. Um, yeah. Tom Brady also says he takes some ownership. He says, I had a chance to hit Mike Evans down the sideline in overtime to win the game. And I didn't get it done. You can give in to the outside noise and everyone's telling you it's not your fault. It's someone else's fault. He said, I think that's BS. It's your fault when you lose and you have to take it personally and you shouldn't sleep that night. That's some, that's some accountability. That's, I was about to
0: say that is accountability. That is, Hey, I, I, I didn't make the best judgment call at that moment. I made a call and it could have been different. Coach Bowles could have said the same thing. I made a decision yep. in the moment that felt right, but now looking back at it, yeah, I maybe could have done something different. Not deflecting and making it seem like it's everybody but you, you know. And then Tom Brady's accountability in that statement does, still does not give any um, give any backing to what Coach Bowles said about the potential interception. So hopefully, before anybody goes off the trails with that, that is not. Um, synergistic. That's not one feeding into no. the other there. No, not at all. He's that's not somebody talking. That's a degree, yeah. versus somebody searching for answers. Yeah. Cause I can see people be like, well, see, he could have hit Mike Evans and that could have no, 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 no. That's your, that's That's your leader trying to say in that moment, there could have been other options that he could have evaluated so quickly, but yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. well, and Tom Brady, as we get into power rankings, Tom Brady also said on the podcast That they kind of own their own destiny. That they have about six games left. And as weird as it sounds, they're five and six. They're not even 500. But, Casey, they kind of do. They kind of do own their own destiny because they're number one in the NFC South right now. Um, We'll get to our Sail into the South rankings in just a second. But first, we have to do our power rankings. Casey the bucks are listed as number 16 on the ESPN power yeah. rankings. And I think that's pretty fair. I think that that's, yeah. I think that's more than fair Um, <laughs> where they sit at 16. Hopefully we can see that move up. Um, But the real ex- realistic expectation on here is winning the NFC South, which is again, it's still realistic for this team. They're yeah. we're at five and six. They lead the NFC South. Uh, um, a little bit ahead of them, who they have coming up um, is going to be. They've got the Bengals, the number eight Bengals. The Bengals moved up from number eleven this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Bengals could very well repeat as AFC champions again.
0: Yeah, this season. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: they're and they're they kind did
0: of- a slow and steady creep last season, and they're they on the same trajectory. Yeah
1: another team that they have to face just above the Bengals is the number 7 San Francisco 49ers they uh they moved up from week they moved up from number 8 they're now at number 7 and their realistic expectation according to ESPN is going to the super bowl so <laughs> i don't know how realistic that i mean we'll see but i think that this team again the 49ers are hitting their stride and it's going to be scary when the Bucks have to go out there and play the 49ers. Above the Niners is the Vikings at number six, the Dolphins at number five, Cowboys at number four, Bills at three, Eagles at two, Chiefs at one. Casey, what do
0: you think of those rankings? I think that they're pretty fair. I know typically we like to do NFL Network because sometimes the other rankings can get a little, a little crazy. Um, but yeah, after the past two weeks and seeing how teams have kind of rolled out and some teams that are starting to take that next step at the right time, I, I honestly like stand by what we're seeing here. Um, and I agree. I I think the hard part too, is that it really puts into perspective what this team is going to have to do in these next few weeks to continue to be in any sort of conversation while they may be able to top the NFC South. That's not performing well as a whole. After that is the playoff conversation. And now you're down Tristan works. You don't know when Logan Ryan's coming back. You don't know when Ryan Jensen's coming back. You have these, these question marks and these asterisks next to things that could get you over the finish line. And you start off with a rivalry matchup on Monday night football. And Everyone's going to be watching it. Yeah. 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 And we saw what it took for them to beat the saints in week two. Yeah. Well, you don't have that team that you had in week two right now. So while the saints are dealing with a lot of their own issues, I mean, they're pulling through here and there, and it's going to be about the same matchup um, as they did with chargers or Raiders or Rams. They're all in the same category, unfortunately. So it's a winnable game for the saints. If this team can't pull their heads out of their butts and have a real conversation here, it's what it is. It's like, everybody's just running away from the conversation, Yep. Uh, You would feel I, I just I can't help but stand so firmly by the distinct difference that we're seeing in this team is when COVID was a thing, this team could not have a life outside of the facility. Their life was the facility, their their friends, their families were their teammates. You know, friends had families had to stay in hotels and stuff. Not that everybody stuck to those guidelines so strictly, but still it minimized anybody outside of the bubble of your team. And I think that that bonded this team in such a way that obviously helped them win a Super Bowl and have a pretty decent season last year. But now it's just this team doesn't feel in sync. And we've said it a hundred times here. So I think the ranking stand. I think it also just makes it very apparent that while winning the NFC South could be realistic while getting a couple more wins under their belt is a, is a potential. They also have the potential to go in the reverse direction because they've got three teams in the next three weeks here. They can serve them Manel. that's, that's for certain. They do also have three
1: um, NFC games that they, that they have to play the saints, mm-hmm. uh, the, Pan- the Panthers and the Falcons. They'll play all of those teams again and so that leads us into our sale into the south segment uh-uh. like we said the bucks sit atop the nfc south at 5 and 6 the falcons just below them at 5 and 7 so they both have the same number of wins it's just that uh, the bucks had a bye week before the falcons um so we'll see mm-hmm. what happens when the falcons have their bye week coming up panthers at 4 and 8 as are the saints and so they are tied for i guess technically third and fourth place, you know, third place in, in the NFC South. So, um, you know, this is a Bucks team that I think the frustration has been Casey, not that they're losing. I'm Mm -hmm. not overly frustrated about the fact that this team has lost. I'm frustrated at who they've lost to how they've lost. You lost to the Steelers. Who had one win prior to playing yeah. you. You lost to the Panthers, who had one win prior to playing you. You lost to the 3-8 and eight Browns. You, you're losing to bad teams. And yep. I think that as they look towards the end of the season, when they're facing off against the other NFC South teams, those are must-win Games you have, you better manage the clock well, Todd Bowles. You better, mm-hmm. you know, hit, hit Mike Evans, Tom Brady. Like, you need everyone to be sharp in those yes. games. If you're going to have any type of future for this season, those are must win games. The Saints, the Panthers, the Falcons, you have to win those games. Yeah. That's there there's no reason there's no excuse to not be able to win those games those are winnable games against winnable teams you just have to show up and do your job and so that's that's in in our sail into the south segment that's my biggest takeaway is these are must-win games and you and you have to go out and you have to prove
0: yourself Yeah. And I mean, no better way to to set that up for the fact that they face one of these NFC South teams on Monday night, prime time, as Haley and I have mentioned. And yeah, we're going to get into that preview later on the week here at Jolly Rogers and touchdowns, but I guess a little, a little soft opening to it is the fact that the saints are juggling between the quarterback position. Jameis Winston has his soul being currently sucked out as well. So there's emotions that are shared here in two different capacities, but they have an opportunity to show fans that they can potentially still be in this another winnable matchup. If they play their cards, right? The talent still remains on this roster. It's how you execute with this talent. And my biggest takeaway for Sailing to the South is you're going to play a rivalry team. And we see that rivalries just tend to bring out different things in different teams. Um, you know, a team that's had an outstanding record can go against their rival who hasn't been doing so hot and lose to them. So just that rivalry aspect. And then also the fact that these two teams have always had these tight contentions. It was a big deal for the bucks to win in week two with all of the, the antics that now play into the head of this matchup. This is going to be important for coach bulls to not have a smoke screen, but to say, okay, I can do this. I can sit with my quarterback. I can, I can plan out things properly. I can, relinquish the reins to him at the right times we can utilize everybody i think where one of my biggest irritations come into this kaylee is the fact that i think it was the game preview you and i did but when we were talking we were saying with health on their side they now have depth they now have options they Mm -hmm. have so many more opportunities when it comes to passing the ball running the ball whatever they choose to do and they still isolated themselves to play one style of game, just about not one dimensional, but just one style, that style being predictable. Yep.
1: And you know, primarily
0: one or two players,
1: you know, exactly.
0: Exactly. Like, so there's just so many, so much opportunity here for this matchup. And my biggest takeaway is that if these, coaches are going to hold themselves accountable if they have the best interests of the team they're going to come in and not shoot themselves and their team in the foot and i think that there's there's an easy first step and second step and third step to this process Mm -hmm. and i think that they can execute that on monday versus the saints and if they are going to have any hopes of any conversations past the season that they're having right now it's going to be to stay ahead of the nfc south and they have to be able to do that and not just a barely make it fashion versus the saints who's struggling. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Casey, some of your, you mentioned
1: your irritation. I think that leads us into our walk, the plank segment, because (sighs) there for me, I'm going to start at the very, very top. Mm -hmm. I'm past. I've asked for, for accountability from Todd Bowles. I haven't seen it. I haven't gotten it. Now it's time to move past him. Whenever something doesn't work, you got to go above their head. Yep, And the front office, if things don't change, if things are not righted, if you lose to any of the NFC South teams, yes, you have to take action. Something has to be done. Someone needs to be losing their job. And yeah. I don't say that lightly. I've lost my job before. It's not a fun thing to do. I don't say that lightly. But you're paying people. To mm-hmm. win, you're paying people for accountability, you're paying people for responsibility, and none of those things. None are of happening. It's cool. Yep, you're not winning, you're not having accountability, you're not having responsibility, you're not having communication, you're not mm-hmm. having there's so many things we can go down the list. Something has to change, and the front office to needs to make some changes if if. Nothing. If, if we see the same offense come out against the Saints, even if they win, something has to change. So my walk the plank is going to be the the front office staff. You can't just sit idly by and blame the coaches or blame, you know. At, at a certain point, you are now responsible. It is up to you. It is up to your decisions. It is up to you to right the ship. Yep. You. Are the, Exactly, you have to own this, and I am not seeing ownership, and I am not seeing accountability from the coaching staff. And if it's not there, then it has to be taken from the front office.
0: Yeah. Yep. 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 Well, now knowing that, I, I guess I could have gone first because mine is mine's coach Bowles. Um, mm-hmm. I and I guys, I stand firmly by the fact that when the initial change happened from. Coach Arians, who I am a big fan of, to Coach Bowles, who I was very supportive of. Um, it's not working, and you can't get on that podium and just keep spewing a bunch of BS and throwing up smoke screens and not taking accountability, and then wondering why there's just this vibe to the team of what of, of what it is. Um, so for me, while it starts at the head, head for you, Kaylee. I'm gonna I'm gonna stay at the head right below just for a minute there, and. I'm mm-hmm. I expected better. I thought that this was going to be a little bit of redemption for coach Bowles. So he had so much support and backing in this role. And while that can be nerve wracking and while that can cause a lot of indecisiveness and insecurity, you're here. It's the middle of the season. There's still a chance. I'm not going to say time, but there's still a chance to show that, This is this was a worthy decision, but it starts with you taking accountability. It starts with you having real answers at the podium. And as much as nobody likes talking to the media, I get it because it feels like probing. Sometimes there is a way to manage it with with class and Mm -hmm. with grace and with acceptance. And that's what great leaders do he's got to find that. And if he does that, then maybe it'll be easier for a, you know, so-and-so to take accountability and and show up within his position group. And then that, you know, domino effects into other position groups. It can't always be Tom Brady and Mike Evans taking one on the chin saying, well, we could have done better. No, everybody could have. But at that point it goes to coaching. It goes to play calling, it goes to the decision-making process, which means other people have to be held accountable. Yep. So coach Bulls, You know what that performance did to fans. You know what it did to your record. You know what it did to your players. You shouldn't have stepped to the podium on Monday with zero answers and zero accountability. 100% snaps all of the snaps um,
1: <laughs> <laughs> well uh, i thought this was going to be a little bit of an easier episode i don't know if that was the case but hopefully no, it still felt so emotionally I'm heavy having- like guys
0: i'm uncaffeinated no makeup i'm uh, i'm in one of my lounge shirts our producers like well thank god it's a podcast but still you know uh, when we have to come in and do this it's not fun for us
1: it's not always fun but 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 we want it to uh, be fun for you guys, and so hopefully, at least you felt heard and validated and understood. Because we understand you're frustrated too. We understand that this is hard. We understand it's like getting your soul ripped out, like Tom Brady said. Yes. Thank you guys so much for listening. Let us know what you think. Um, what what who who yeah. needs to be held accountable from your perspective? Who needs to walk the plank from your perspective? Where are things going wrong from your perspective? Hit us up at Jolly Rogers TDS on both Instagram and Twitter and let us know what you guys think. We have new episodes every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Our next episode will be previewing the Monday night matchup. Mm -hmm. Uh, So next week's uh, it's going to look a little bit different because instead of having a Monday episode, we'll have a Tuesday episode recapping that Monday night football, hopefully win Hopefully. we will see you guys then <laughs> thank you so much for listening and of course you can always find jolly rogers and touchdowns wherever you get your podcast the best place to do it is the odyssey app download the odyssey app find jolly rogers and touchdowns and turn on the auto download button so anytime we have a new episode it comes straight to you for the latest and greatest in bucks football i'm kaylee Mizel. you can find me at kaylee meisel She's Casey Hudson. You can find her at the Sports Case. That's K A S E. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you next time.